Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer is here with us, and Ferg joins us now on the program. Greetings, my friend. How are things? I'm all right. How are y'all? Doing okay. Trying to bounce back from this Atlanta Braves defeat today. Uh, are you in the same boat there? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if you play the first three innings somewhat evenly, you win that game. Um, Freed was terrible. Uh, Dansby was terrible. Uh, you left a bunch of dudes stranded, and you still almost had a chance to win that game. So, you know, it, it could have been a whole lot worse. Um, Braves lost. Braves lost the first game of the NLDS last year and came back and won, so there's hope. But um, this is the best pitching matchup they were going to get, and they missed it. So they're going to have to be really good against Wheeler and Nola on the next two uh, games of the series. So, But, you know, good to see the bats kind of coming alive down the, down the stretch. You needed that. Do you still have faith? Oh, yeah, for sure. Good. Yeah, and, and even if and even if, I, even if they lose this series, they still won the East over the Mets, and the Mets didn't get past the wild card round, so... You know, that's all good. <laughs> that's what we care about at the end of the day. That's exactly right. All right, uh, Auburn football. They went to Athens, Georgia on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, they lost by a lot of points. A lot of points in that game uh, on yeah. Saturday against Georgia. What would you make of it? I mean, it kind of went like expected, really. Uh, I thought Auburn's defense held up pretty well early on in the first half. I felt like they could have gotten after Georgia because of some – you know, Georgia just hadn't been playing well cleanly on offense the last couple of weeks and they did that but you know it's, Auburn's offense can't sustain drives um, they shoot themselves in the foot too much it's not a very efficient or very consistent offense at either throwing the ball or running the ball this year um, they get whipped up front and in the second half uh, it really I mean just the fact that Georgia's deeper and better and stronger at the line of scrimmage just really wore Auburn down um, and then you know the second half the defense just couldn't hold up so um you know, pretty expected uh, for for a game like this. Uh, you know, Auburn was a big underdog and didn't even cover the spread. So, like that's that's kind of kind of went according to plan in this game. Um, but at least you had your defense kind of showing up there in the first half, and offense just didn't really help them out at all. Yeah, this offense six games into the year, I know a lot of talk about the identity of this Auburn football offense. Uh, where do we stand with that, Ferg? Uh, I mean, I asked I asked Brian Arson that question yesterday, and he said the identity hasn't changed. Um, it's just they hadn't done it well. And so, I mean, they still this still is an offense that hasn't changed from their philosophy from the beginning. They want to run the ball between the tackles. They want to use play action. They want to you know run a pro style, do some of everything kind of attack. And I just uh, you know I I really don't know what kind of offense you can call or what identity you can have when your offensive line is getting beaten like this pretty much every week. Uh, but. I mean, even still, it just didn't seem like they're adjusting or fixing or correcting anything that could, uh, you know, maybe help out Robbie Ashford more, help out the running game. It's tough because, you know, they're sticking to their guns, which has kind of been their whole MO all year. Um, you go all the way back to February, where that's kind of been the thing for Brian Harson and the staff. Um, but, you know, I don't know how much is going to change, and I don't know how much could change even if they wanted to because I mean, this offensive line's just against anybody – competitive uh you know they're they're just gonna have a hard time making anything happen consistently do you think the offensive line is the biggest issue for uh, it's just going into the year we talk so much about okay who's auburn's best player on this team and the clear answer was tank bigsby over and over and over again and it's just we're not talking about tank bigsby at all this season ferg and that's really a shame yeah no tank tanks i mean 
Uh, there was a stat I had today that was uh, Tank Bigsby is like the difference between his yards after contact and his total yards is like 30-something yards, maybe 20-something yards. He's having to do everything after contact. Uh, he's getting hit at or behind the line of scrimmage on pretty much every play. He's averaging less than a yard per attempt uh, before contact. Um, there really isn't another running back in the country that's getting hit as, as frequently behind the line of scrimmage as this dude is. Uh, Auburn's offensive line is in the bottom 10 in the country in pretty much every run blocking category you can find out there. Uh, there's only so much you can do if you're Tank Bigsby to, you know, uh, if you're getting hit deep into the backfield and when you're playing good teams like Georgia, like, I don't know how much more he could do. And, um, again, it's like I was saying, you could, if you're Auburn's like, maybe you do some more design runs with Robbie Ashford, maybe you hit the outside more frequently. Do all that stuff, but like at the end of the day, if you can't run the ball between the tackles with one of the best running backs you've had in a while, it's just it's hard for you to do much of anything. So, yeah, for Tank, it's like I mean, a lot of people are sitting there thinking that this season's a disappointment or whatever. It's just like I, I the, the numbers say this dude's get this dude's making more happen after contact than pretty much anybody else in the country, um, and and he's having to do it all on his own, and so. Um, you know, Jarquez Hunter benefits a little bit more getting out in space. Uh, I think he's got more top level speed. You know, when he hits when he hits that gear, but uh, even still, he's not getting a lot much out of it either. So uh, it's just it's just a bat all the way around, and it's it's really. I think it's going to go down whenever Tank's done. It's like, you know, you don't want to say his years were wasted here completely, but like, man, he 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 will not have played right. behind a good offensive line at Auburn. So moving forward, we know this offensive line has been has been terrible, and the offense at large has not been good. Uh, and, and the we just talked about Tank Bigsby and not being able to get him loose. So how should Auburn approach this second half of the season? Not just against Ole Miss, but what kind of play calling needs to go in order? What what can you do? Uh, I, I know it's it, or is there anything you can do at, at this point with with knowing that the offensive line has been really bad? How, how do you uh, evaluate what Auburn should be doing the, in the second half offensively? It's kind of the same thing I've said for the last few weeks. It's you know spread the field out, you know try to manipulate space and matchups as much as you can, and and, and let Robbie Ashford kind of operate from there. Don't put as many under center sets. You know, multi tight ends. It's just not working. It just, it just isn't. Um, you know, when when teams can load the box on Auburn, or when they feel like they have to put more guys in the box against Auburn, they just they just shred them on the ground, and the pass rush gets home a lot frequently, a lot more frequently. So, I mean, Ashford's at his best when he's operating in space. I think they should you know design some more runs for him. Maybe get Tank Bigsby out to the outside a little bit more. Hit the perimeter, and, and you know. Brian Harson talked a little bit about some of the, those things on uh, on Monday, but you know, again, uh, if if you can't run block or pass block, it's going to be hard for you to do pretty much anything. Um, so I think it's just one of those things where you play out in space, you maybe get a little bit faster pace, a little bit to to complement your quarterback, and just make the most of it. Um, but you know, six games in the year, you are what you are at this point, and and I mean, it's not like Auburn's offensive line is getting any better. In fact. They're only going backwards, I think, as they're playing better teams and they're having to deal with injuries at this point. So, Justin, obviously this Auburn team was able to upset Ole Miss last year, and Ole Miss had uh, its one of its best years of its program. 
but that Auburn team had a lot more fight and a lot more ability at that point in the season and was obviously playing its best football last year. But how? what can Auburn take from that game that can kind of go into trying and slow down Lane Kiffin's offense, given that they don't have as good of quarterback play as they did last year, but obviously this Ole Miss team still looks uh, the part of a really good football team? Yeah, I think I – think what you can learn from last year's game is Auburn won that game on defense. Um, Ole Miss had, I think it was like three or four turnover on downs. You stopped them on fourth down a bunch, forced a turnover late, a lot of punts, some three and outs. I mean, Auburn scored early in that game and then I mean, coasted in the second half, couldn't get anything going on offense. The defense won that game, and that's going to be what you're going to have to do in this game. Um, you know, the problem is, is that Ole Miss's offensive line's a lot better than they were last year. Uh, they've only given up two sacks this season. Um, so they've done a really good job of, like, keeping the pressure off of Jackson Dart. Uh, they're running the ball exceptionally well, even better than they did last season. Zach Evans, Quinshaw Jackets have been really good. Um, so it's going to be a really, really tough game for, for Auburn's uh, defense because Ole Miss uh, is, is kind of firing on all cylinders on that side of the ball. So Auburn's hoping this game is it's a sloppy, low-scoring, ugly eleven o'clock game that you can able you could you know pull out with some big plays of your own on offense, maybe force some turnovers on defense, big plays on special teams. That's kind of the lesson you have to take because this Ole Miss team is better than the team that played Auburn last year. I know Ole Miss was really good last season; they're even better. They're playing better on offense. They're much better on the offensive line, and their defense is miles better than they were last year. So it's going to be really, really tough. But it's like your best-case scenario is kind of like how we said Auburn's best-case scenario has been in some of these games here recently. It was like if it's ugly, low-scoring, and the defense can lead, lead you, you maybe have a chance because it's just you can't bank on this offense and put very many points on the board right now. Justin, I know that Coach Harson was asked about this yesterday in his presser, but I want to get your opinion on it. Tigers lead the country in fumbles this year, and that's that's yep. never a good stat. What do you think needs to happen for this Tigers team to you know kind of get over that fumble bug? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something they work on. I mean, ball, ball security is something you work on all the time. Um, yeah, I, Robbie Ashford is just loose with the ball running it. I mean, we just have seen that this year. They have not been on the same page with kind of the meshes and stuff like that. And so, you know, fumbles, like turnovers are a function of luck. Fumbles are when you lose them. But if you put the ball on the ground as much as Auburn does, and like you said, they lead the nation and fumbles. They haven't lost. I think they've only lost less than half of them. That's gonna like that's gonna add up after a while. So um, yeah, I mean it's just like take better care of the football, and, and a lot of it is Robbie Ashford. A lot of it's Auburn's quarterbacks. Um, Ashford's got to get better at controlling the ball, and like the he can be dynamic in the open field. He can run. He can scramble. He can keep plays alive. You're gonna have to take the bad with the good with him. Um, but like this is something he's just got to tighten up on. A young quarterback uh, who can be loose with the ball. It's just it's pretty pretty tough to see. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer is here with us. If you will, sir, I'd love for you to give a plug for the Auburn Observer, and then I want to get off the walls a little bit with you for a moment. So uh, what's coming up at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, so today we had a story on um, just how much Ole Miss and Auburn has changed since that last game they played against each other. Auburn's 3-8 and eight since they played Ole Miss last year. Ole Miss is 10-1. and one. only loss <laughs> they had was a game where uh, Matt Corral got hurt. Uh, so that ought to tell you something. Um, you know, they're just, it's just two teams going in opposite directions. Did a story yesterday on, uh, Auburn's negative play and penalty problems and how much those kill drives. And it's like self inflicted stuff. If Auburn just cuts down on their self inflicted stuff, 
I feel like they could be a better offense. Maybe not a great offense, but you know, definitely better. Uh, Auburn basketball pro day is tomorrow. Uh, I'll have something from that on Thursday. We'll preview of the Auburn Ole Miss game uh, in the podcast on Thursday. Got a mailbag on Friday, and then coverage. I'll be in Oxford this weekend for whatever goes down between Auburn and Ole Miss. So, ton of stuff there. AuburnObserver.com. Sign up there. I, I love being a part of the Auburn Observer community. It's a uh, it's a it's a great deal that I get to be a part of such a great community. All right, so. Um, I like to think I'm good at this radio show thing from time to time, Ferg. However, sure. earlier, um, I almost introduced you or you know teased our segment coming up with you as Justin Verlander. Uh, one, mm-hmm. has that ever happened before to you? No, I don't think I've ever. I don't. I, I don't think I've ever been called Justin Verlander. You know, it's tough because, as y'all know, um, I'm one of three Justins on the Auburn beat, <laughs> and so we all kind of it all kind of runs together at times and um i don't know though if verlander's ever been one i've been encountered although um last time i checked i think think the mariners were still winning yes uh, are they yeah so verlander's not off to a great start today tell you man these guys these guys have these these teams that have these long layoffs these these pitchers uh that have had that have had long layoffs they just did not get off to a good start i mean like Garrett cole's going tonight and i'm 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 afraid he might get get smacked around a little bit by Cleveland. So, to which our conversation continued, and again, we talked about the tough outing that Verlander had today, but it's still got to be pretty cool to be Justin Verlander. Brooks says what's cool about being Justin Verlander. I'd add that, you know, he's married to Kate Upton. That's pretty I cool. That coming. Yeah. Um, and so then we start talking about celebrity couples, okay? Okay. And I just... I, this is what I learned today. To be specific, mm-hmm. sports celebrity couples. Sports okay. celebrity right. couples, yes. So, uh, you know, Russell Wilson and Sierra, we've talked about them. Mm-hmm. We've talked about uh, Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf was one. Zach and mm-hmm. Julie Ertz. Drew mm-hmm. Holiday is married to Lauren Holiday, who's on the mm-hmm. United States women's soccer team. Uh, Tony Romo had a relationship with Jessica Simpson, and I yep. just missed that year of my life. Did you know this? Really? I mean, you were like five when that happened, probably. Twelve. That was definitely a thing. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think of other ones that um, that say is is Dave Swanson still? Uh, yeah, with yeah, still dating Mallory P or engaged or something. Yes, yes, yeah, they are still together. That's good, yes, that's a good combo. Even though Dansby sucked today, um, <laughs> Mal is really good. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's yeah, but yeah, the the Romo and Jess, that was like when like Romo was like at the peak of his powers as a as a Cowboys quarterback, and it was like, well, he's got to be good. He plays quarterback for the Cowboys. Well, so, it, so I uh, I was looking at a list put together by Yardbarker.com. Um, been there once, I guess. Uh, and they mention, yes, they're dating, and they start dating after Tony Romo's fumble on the field goal attempt in mm. the playoffs. And I'm like, that's how you're introducing the guy that's dating Jessica Simpson. That's just tough, man. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Dallas Cowboys, and it's kind of weird because it's like I think the Dallas Cowboys have won like two playoff games in my lifetime. It's so wild because they get so much attention, and they're the most valuable sports franchise in North America, they might be the world. It's either them or like Barcelona or Real Madrid. Uh-huh. I can't remember, and it's but it's like yeah, like it's it's crazy because like the Lakers have won t- stuff in my lifetime. The Yankees have won stuff in my lifetime. Even the Knicks have. <laughs> oh, maybe not the Knicks, but uh, like all these teams that they get so much attention and so much notoriety because of their size and their wealth. 
and then there's the Cowboys. And it's just like, yeah, man, I've watched the Cowboys just be kind of average most of my life. Mr. Lavoie, will you rehash television coverage of Tony Romo playing for the Cowboys while dating Jessica Simpson? Oh, yeah. No, it was like, here's this 11-yard completion to get it to midfield, and let's go to the luxury box to see what Jessica Simpson thinks about that. Oh, she's shaking her Tony Romo (laughs) Cowboy jersey. Now, back to Cowboys being down by a touchdown. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, it's very accurate. Very accurate. Uh, P.K. Subban is with Lindsey Vaughn. What's up? P.K. Subban is in a relationship with Lindsey Vaughn. She's like yeah. the skier, isn't she? Is that what yeah. she does? Lindsey yes. Vaughn was with Tiger Woods at one point. Wow. Well. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. Um, Thanks for going off the walls with us a little bit, man. I'm fascinated by celebrity sports couples. It was weird. weird. I'm sorry, but you're a good sport. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I could bring absolutely nothing to that segment. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll ask about it in the mailbag on Friday, and to which you won't put it in there. So, All right. (laughs) Ferg, thank you so much for the time, as always. We'll talk again soon, okay? Yeah, y'all be good.